Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that as you listen, you will be encouraged in your journey and that your relationship with Father God will be strengthened and deepened. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. How many of you, you had your uh, dose of sugar in the last weeks? Yeah, I know. I'm addicted right now. I don't know what's going to happen. I think next week I'll have some uh, manifestations of some kind because I ate so much sugar, it's unreal. (laughs) Anyway, that's a topic on its own. Great to see you. Good to be here. Did I already say, did I already said happy New Year? I don't know if I said it earlier in the first service. Well, happy New Year, 2022, unreal, right? Uh, I remember in the 80s, it seems like it was never going to happen, and now we are 20 years in this new millennium. It's unreal. Hey, uh, God is good. God is faithful. So I would ask you to stand, and I just want to surrender this meeting to the Lord. At the same time, can we just have a prayer of saying, God, I give you this year. I give you all this next year. I give you my relationships. I give you... uh, it's the struggles that I face. I, I give you my fears. Uh, I give you all the decisions I have to make. Can we uh, start with this uh, time of surrender? Can we do that? Hmm? As Father, we come before you and we surrender our lives to you. We cel- celebrate the fact that you are so faithful. You're so amazing. And when we look back at the years and even last year, we can see your faithfulness and we can see that you were there. And when we look at this new year, God, we know that you're here too. And I just pray that you would have your way in our lives. So we surrender this new year. We give to you our relationships. Come and intervene when there's uh, where. Uh, healing is needed, when it comes to uh, decisions we have to make, or when it comes to the fear of the future, Father, we want to uh, be found in you. We want you to be our shelter. We want to do life under your wings. <laughs> God, we want to find you as, as the one we go to. So may you be glorified. May you be magnified this morning, Father. I thank you for your people that are watching online, your people that are here. I pray that you would bless each person, that you would help me to communicate what you've placed on my heart, that you would go beyond my words, and that you would speak by your Holy Spirit to every heart. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may grab a seat. First sermon of the year, right? Yeehaw, awesome. Uh, what I want to talk about is um, it's to have a, a new passion for purpose, a new passion per, for purpose. I believe one of the most important things in life is to live with purpose, and not only to live with purpose, but to live a life of passion. And um, what I want to tell you uh, this morning is don't stop dreaming. Don't stop expecting. One of the things that I believe happened in the last two years is that some of us, we stop dreaming. We stop expecting. uh, We've uh, we've adopted this motto, uh, let's wait and watch. Let's wait and watch. And we've said a lot of that, right? Let's wait and watch. And two years later, we're in, in this new year, and we're still dealing with the effect and the influence of COVID. And I don't want to approach this next year with this thought, let's wait and watch. 
Not to say that I want to uh, break rules and I want to do my own things, but I want to live a life of expectation. I want to be driven by vision. I don't want to settle. I don't want to coast. I don't want to to do my own life and say, you know, uh, uh, there's restrictions, there's this and that, and then we settle, and then we just do our life, and we just take care of business, and we lower our expectation, and what happens is we live without vision and purpose. Are you with me on that? I, I believe that in the last two years was a vision quencher. If we let it, uh, if we if if we let it have its its toll on us or its control over us, and we don't want to see that happen, we want to look at this new year with anticipation. We should, right? Because Jesus is still on the throne, and also that Jesus is not done doing his mission. So what we want to take a hold of, we want to take a hold of the vision and the plans that God has for us, for me and you. If you are a young adult, if you're retired, and you're still, if your heart is still beating, it's because God desires to work in your life. And God wants to reveal himself in you. So we don't want to adopt this motto, let's wait and watch, and just stand still and just be passive. God has is not calling us to be passive. Amen? God has called us to move forward. So as we saw in the last year, it's amazing how things go rapidly. And one of the things that we need to remember is that uh, things are fragile. And we saw that uh, in the last year, things are fragile. And how much more right now it's important for us to stay focused and, and, and stay on target. One of the biggest challenges that we have in life is to stay focused, Right? So what was the stats in 2000? The stats were that our attention span was 12 seconds. And in 2021, it's eight. (laughs) It's not getting better. So I'm able to have your attention 12 seconds or eight seconds at a time. And that's not very good for a preacher, right? Just to know that, that fact. But the thought is, is that it's so easy for us to be distracted. So easy for us to be, wow. I, I thought I was going to start a disco or something over the lights now. <laughs> so easy to be distracted, right? So easy to lose track of what is necessary, what's uh, important in life. And like I said when I started, there's a lot of different distraction, a lot of different things that are trying to get our attention. There's so many different voices, and it's so easy to be derailed on what, uh, from what God has in store for us. So one of the things that we need to remind ourselves and take a hold of is that God has a plan and that God has things in store and that God is at work and that God wants to reveal himself in our lives. And what I'd like to focus on this morning is what do I need to know about my calling? What do I need to know about my calling? One of the first thing I need to know, I need to realize and remember that I'm called to great things. Me and you, we're called to great things. It's not linked to circumstances. It's not linked to the culture. It's not linked to the uh, the climate or the environment. I am called to great things. You are called to great things. Come on, right? That is is something we got to take a hold of. This is a truth. We're called to great things. God has placed a call on my life. And God has placed a call on your life. Listen to this. You're called by God. You are called by God. And none of us, if you're a believer, none of us are, um, 
or uh, uh, away from that fact or, or not under that influence or under this truth. We're all called by God. And it's important for us to realize that. One of the examples that I like to see or I like to read on or, or look at it, it, when it comes to the calling of God is the calling of Moses. We know the story of Moses, right, who was called by God from his birth. And um, after 40 years, he received this call to lead his people out. And the story is that he kills the Egyptians. And he kind of fails in his first attempt when it comes to leading his people. And then he goes into the wilderness Another 40 years, and he tends, he's attending the flock of his father-in-law, and, and then he, he, he encounters the burning bush, right? He's got a staff at hand. He doesn't have too much in his life. And God says, I want you to go forward. I want you to lead my people out. And, and one of the things that um, Moses was struggling, struggling with is that he did stutter, and he argued with God. And God got kind of upset. Come on, Moses, I've, I've got a call for you. I've called you to lead my people, and he's finding all these excuses. You know, we're very good to find excuses, right? We look ourselves in the mirror, and we disqualify ourselves, right? And we say, I'm not good enough, or God should have called Aaron and not me, you know? And so, so, so Moses was in a pickle. He didn't see himself called by God. But God said, I've got a call for you. I want to use you. I want to shine through you. I want to lead through you. I want to influence through you. And I think it's the same thing with us. God has a call upon our lives. And I want you just to intake this truth that you're called by God, planned by God, and that God wants to work through your life. Um, Exodus chapter 9 verse 16 is my theme verse for this year. As I'm waited for the Lord on the holidays and just taking some time, this verse came just, it hit me right in my heart. It says, I have raised you up for this, for this very purpose. So the raising up of God, God raises us up. He is the one that calls us for a purpose. And the purpose was to lead his people out of Egypt. That I might show my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So he says to Moses, I'll raise you up. I placed a purpose in your life. I'll give you my power so you can fulfill your calling. And the purpose and the goal is to see his name be lifted up. I like this verse. And that's what God gave to Moses. And I believe that you can put your name there. It's, it will be different. It will look different. But I think it's applicable to all of us. We can live this. We can experience this where we believe that we're called by God, that we're equipped by, equipped by God, and that God has a mandate in all through our lives so that his name would be um, lifted high. Uh, you look at one of the central verses when it comes to our faith. It's found in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 10. Where it says that we're saved by grace and not by works, so no one can boast. It's the gift of God. But it also said in verse 10 that we, 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 we are called to, to, to do good works in advance. God has prepared good works in advance for me to practice. So I need to, to know that the package that God has for me, and I shared that many times in the past, that this package of salvation, when Christ came into your life, he came to dwell in your life, absolutely. You gave your life to him and you belong to him. But he came also to rule through in you and also to move uh, through you. And I think we've separated verse 8 and 9 from 10. And we think that we can be saved and not walk in the purpose that God has for us. But if you've been saved... You're called to walk in the purpose that God has uh, for you. So it's so important for us to know 
this morning that we're called. Yeah, you, you're called. If you're watching online, you're called by God. God has put a mandate on your life. You're not here by accident. Maybe you're bruised. Maybe you have a history. Maybe you have an uh, aspect in your, your life that, thinks that, you, that you think that it disqualifies you. It doesn't matter where you are in life. God wants to glorify himself through you. So important for me to take a hold of this truth. I remember being a teenager and being shy and, and, and God whispered in my heart, I want to use you. Okay, God, what does that mean? It was my responsibility to unpack that, what it meant. But, but I remember that day and didn't stop. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't stop. The same thing with you, wherever you are in this journey of life, God has placed his calling on you. Can't forget that. You can't ignore that. God has placed a calling on you. And, and what happens sometimes is we got to refocus. And sometimes what happens is that we get caught by all kind, of, all kind of distractions and all kind of stuff and so much guilt because of sin. And then we, we, we don't believe that we're called by God. We don't believe that God has placed a mandate in our lives, on our lives. So my prayer is that when we look at this new year, we would realize that God has placed a call upon me and a call upon you. And I want you to take a hold of that. I can't go in your heart. I can't, but what I'm poking, because I believe the Holy Spirit wants to poke at your heart and say, listen, I've got a call on you. I want to use you in your family, in your work, in your church, in your community, that you have a call of God upon your life. And if you're younger and, you, and you're in high school or out of high school, or you're a young adult, realize that it's a great time to say, God, I want to take a hold of that calling. It's more than money. Life is more than money. I remember when I was a youth pastor, there was this girl, she would always, I, I would talk about purpose and I would say, so, you know, you, you're at a crossroad in life and, and so what are you looking at? And she, the only thing she said was, I want to make money. I want to make money. So what do, you, what do you want to do in life? Didn't matter. It was about money. I want to make money. I, I find it funny now, but it wasn't funny then. But there's more than money in life. It's to live a life of purpose. And like I said, Life goes so fast. Like, you look at, got married in 88. Wow. Just like, I have such an awesome wife, such a beautiful family. So amazed by what God has given me, but time goes too fast. It goes way too fast. I got to be caught by purpose and calling. I can't just do life. There's more. There's more. So I need to see I'm called to great things. I need to see that. That I was raised by God for his purpose. That he will give me his power. And that the purpose of all this is for his name to be lifted high. Secondly, when it comes to having passion for purpose, I need a prophetic vision. I need to have a prophetic vision. Proverbs 29, verse 18 says, Where there's no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blesses he who keeps the law. If there's no prophetic vision, people perish. There's no, there's no direction. And what is a prophetic vision? Prophetic vision is when you're caught in the inside by something. 
A truth catches you. It's burning in your heart. It's the same thing that we find in uh, Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. There's a fire in my bone. I cannot contain it. It's just there. I need to have fire. I need to have a fire in my heart. I need passion. I need to have this vision that comes from God. It's not something that I come, come up with, it, but it's God bringing in my heart a passion and a desire. Have you ever been in a place where you got to do something, you just got to do it because it's just burning in your heart and your shirt is going like this because you feel the, the, the call of God to do a, a work or to minister, to be generous, to bless someone? You know, we need this in our lives. We need to see a holy fire in our hearts. You know, in the last two years, maybe your fire died. And maybe you lost a passion. I look at Paul when he looks at Timothy and says, fan into flame the fire that you receive. Fan into flame. That's my, that's my role and your role to fan into flame. But I need to realize that I was made with purpose and God wants to use me for his glory. I need to know that. And I need to know that if I'm going to do that, it has to burn inside of my heart. I need a fresh view of, on people. I need to have a fresh view of kids. See kids like I've never seen them before. See you like I've never seen you before. To see the white of your eyes. To, to look at people from a different angle instead of just doing business and going from A to B. But I'm caught in the inside with, with a love. Like Paul says, the love of God compels me where there's a fire inside of me. I need this fire, right? I don't want to do life without that flame. I want to be driven with this, this fire, the heart of God. It has to happen. This is what God wants to do in this new year. He wants to download his heart. Uh, look what it says in Romans chapter 9, verse 2, as an example of fire. It says, Paul is talking about his heart. And we, we look at chapter 9, verse 2 and 3. We see, that, we see why he did what he did. He says, I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. Like it's heavy. You know there's a bad burden and there's a good burden? We're not called to carry the burdens that we're not allowed, that the, some burdens is for God to carry. And we got to say, God, it's, it's, it's your role. I don't want to play your role. But there's some burdens that we're called to carry too. And the, the, the burden we're called to carry is a mandate that God has placed upon our lives. And look what he says. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. Verse 3. For I could wish that myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the benefit of my brothers and sisters, my own flesh and blood. What he's saying here, he says, I would prefer to be separated from Christ and see all my nation come to God. I would put, I, he's putting himself on the altar here. And he, he, he's not able to do it. He, he understands that he cannot take the place of someone else because it's based on free will and everyone has to make his decisions. But he said, if I could lay my life and, and give my life for them and they would be saved, I would. See, this is a fire. It's beyond everything. It's, it's beyond any rules. It's beyond any obstacle. It's just there in his heart. I'm saying, God, the church needs that. I need that. I need to see this fire burn in my heart for the cause of the kingdom, for others, like never before. And, and, and so, so when you look at the mandate that we have 
is to live a life of passion with purpose. In John chapter 15, verse 7, if you remain in me and my word remains in, in, in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. If you remain in me and my word remain in you, and the word, word here is rhema, meaning a conviction that God places on your heart. It's more than just a logos. A logos is the written word. But here he talks about something burning inside of you. God speaking to you, and, and it's there in your heart. And it says whatever you pray, God will answer because God has sown a truth in your heart. It's bubbling in your heart. You want to see people come to, to the Lord. You want to see kids be disciple. You want to see uh, needs being met. You're driven with the heart of God and it says when you have that whatever you ask it will be answered because your focus is not on yourself your focus is given to the heart that God has placed in you his heart so it's so important for us to look ahead and and realize that we were made with purpose and I need this word you know what my prayer is as we're going to in the Daniel fast in a time of prayer I challenge you to go before God and say, give me a word that will burn in my heart. God, download into my heart your word that will burn like it burned in the heart of Jeremiah, even that was a ton of obstacles, a young prophet in a nation that didn't want, didn't want to do anything with God and, and under the oppression of the Babylonians, like fire in his bones. Like, I pray that we would go before God and say, God, Place, deposit something in my heart. And like Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 says, God is the one who enables you both to want and to actually live out his good pleasure. God saying, what, what it means is God gives me, he gives me the will and the power to do his will. So God, I, give me a will, give me your will. Give me your will, fill me with your power, enable me to do your will. And that's my heart for gospel mission. That we would be a church, that we would be a body of believer that is driven to make a difference. And not just to say, ah, oh, we'll, we'll wait and see, and we'll just get a coast and do life. And, you know, no, that we would be more aggressive, that we would say, God, we want to see your glory come to earth. We want to see an open heaven. We want to see breakthroughs. We want to see the progression of your God. God's kingdom. We want a church plant. We want to multiply. We want to raise the next generation. We want to influence your community. We want to love on the broken people. God, here we are. Use us for your glory. And I think it's right now what happens is that you, we got one wet blanket over another wet blanket. But it's not because of the blankets. We could blame the blankets as much as we want. It's because of us losing focus. It's because of us losing focus. So it's important for us to say, God, come and move. Give me a prophetic vision. Thirdly, how do I move with passion for purpose? I've got to start somewhere. I've got to start somewhere. Uh, one of the things that happens to us is we get caught or we get overwhelmed by the big picture. You look at all that needs to change. Well, I can't change anything. Well, it's, it's not about the big picture. That's God's business. But what about what is God asking of me today? One of the big things, I'm taking a rabbit trail here, but we, we've got to write things down. You're hearing me today, and there might be a rhema. God is depositing a word in your heart. Write it down, because it's going to be, you're going to forget it. The enemy will come like a bird, steal the seed on the road, and then it's disappear. It's not there anymore. 
Take some time in the next week as you pray to say, God, what do you want to do in my life? Write it down. What are the obstacles? I'll talk about that in a moment. What are the obstacles in my life that prevent me of fulfilling the race? Write it down. Bring it to God. Wrestle with the issues so that you might run your race and fulfill your calling. I I like this picture that we find in Zechariah chapter 4 verse 10 in regard of Zerubbabel. He's got this mandate of this big picture of building a temple. He doesn't know where to start. He doesn't know what to do. And we, we like this phrase where God reveals himself to Zerubbabel. And he says, it's not by might, nor by power, but by, by, but by my ruah, or, my, or, or by my spirit, right? And it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. What a beautiful verse, right? And, and, and you find in verse 10, it says, do not despise small Beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. I'm not too much of a construction guy. Plumb line is to measure, right? Or to at least put things straight. That's how I'm pretty good, right? That's my knowledge of it. But it's the start. So, so you got Zerubbabel, he's got the plumb line. And God is exciting and saying yes. You know why? It's because Zerubbabel caught the vision. That's the most important thing. After that, you know, for sure you got to maintain, you got to grow, and it wasn't easy to build a temple. But first, it's to take the plumb line out, right? How many of us, we got our plumb line in our back pocket? Or it's stored somewhere in our, in our shed? No, take it out. God has a plan. God wants to work through your life. And it's not overnight. This is why Paul was saying we water, we, we sow, we water, God makes it grow. You got to start somewhere. You got to take a step. You got to obey. But I'm going to let you know, though, that if you put yourself available and you stick a, t- a step forward, you'll see that God will carry you through. But it's important for us to realize that I'm called, and you're called too. We're called by God, you know? Number four, I need to remove obstacles and set priorities. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 is, gives a good picture of that. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, all the heroes of the faith that we find in Hebrews chapter 11 that ran before us, uh, the advice, the calling, the mandate here is let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. So here it says that we're called to remove the stuff, the things that paralyzes us, the fear, the addictions, uh, the love for the things of this world, uh, uh, whatever it might be that paralyzes you. I invite you to go before God and to journal and to say, God, what paralyzes me? And say, God, come to my rescue, come to my help. But we have, we're called to walk in freedom, so we're called to throw everything aside. And and really, what I really wanted to say to you today, and this is the next phrase, will sum up what what I'm trying to do today, is that my calling, it's a huge thing. Listen, the calling over my life is a huge thing. How many of you would say salvation is a huge, huge thing? Well, salvation, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 10, is linked to good works. 
And James says, if you don't have any good works, well, where's your faith? Uh, the, the thing is, my calling is a huge thing. It's, it's capital. It's essential. It's, it's, it's pivotal. I cannot do my Christian life without my calling. My calling, my Christian life, you know what it is? It's my calling to run my race. So there's so many distractions and obstacles that wants to throw you and me off track. But I have a calling. I'll say it again. My calling is a huge thing. I cannot live without my calling. I cannot breathe as a believer without my calling. I cannot put it on the shelf. I'm called to live out my calling. And if you don't know exactly what that means, go before God. Look at the people that are around you. you, Sometimes we don't need to have a great revelation because it's, it's very close. But I need to realize that my calling is a huge thing. It's so huge. That's what I'm going to be accountable for one day. One day I'll stand before God and God's going to say, what did you do with your calling, Claude? What did you do with your life? And I won't be able to blame anybody. I won't be able to blame the church or this or that. I'll stand alone. I'll have to give an account for my life. Calling is huge, people. I, I, I can't emphasize it enough. You're called by God to make a difference it's on you right now. Right now, the calling is on you. Just say, God, open my eyes. Grab my heart. Let me see, right? I, I like what it says in John chapter 20, verse 21. Again, Jesus is, is talking to his, to his disciples after his resurrection. He says, again, he said, peace be with you. That's the foundation. We find our peace in God. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. There's no no negotiation here. Do you believe that Jesus was sent by the Father? Yeah. I believe that. We all believe that. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. But do I believe in sending me? Come on. Do you believe he's sending you? Do you believe that or just, oh, it's a nice word? He's sending me and he's sending you. That's my calling. And the beauty is, we all have a sphere of influence. I can't be where you are tomorrow, but you're going to be where God has placed you tomorrow, and he's called you. He's called you. He's called me. Sometimes we think that calling is only for pastors, right? But the reality is, we're all priests. We are a holy nation, and God has called us to be ministers of the gospel. And I believe as we're going forward, we'll see a breakthrough more and more because as days are getting tougher, there's going to be an increase of anointing and God's going to flow through his people. There's going to be a nameless, faceless revival where God's going to use me and you. But first, the foundation is to know that I'm called. If I don't know I'm called, I'm going to pass the buck to someone else. But you're called, I'm called, and God wants to glorify himself and work through me and you. Now look at the Apostle Paul when it says, when he says in Acts chapter 20, verse 24, it says, But nothing, not even my life, is more important than my, than, than my completion, completing my mission. Look what he says, but nothing, not even my life, is more important than my completing my mission. I need to see this grab my heart. This is not something, this is nothing other 
than the ministry, uh, the ministry I received from the Lord Jesus to testify about the good news of God's grace. Like, that was the heart of the Apostle Paul. So I'm looking at this verse. I've got that verse on my wall in my office for the last year. And I say, God, do it in me. But I, need, I, I, I realize that I need to surrender and I need to, 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 to remove obstacles. And as we're going into Daniel fast, I invite you to do that. God, what's in the way? What is preventing me of, of loving people like you want me to love or serving or trusting, being generous? Last point, passion for purpose. How do I get this? I need to remember that I'm not standing alone. God is not expecting me to be fruitful on my own. It's him. Um, we are the branches, he's the vine, right? Psalmist in Psalm 57 verse 2 says, I cry out to God most high, to God who will fulfill his purpose for me. Fulfill his purpose for me. He will send help from heaven to rescue me, disgracing those that haunt, hounds, hound me, interlude or meaning pause. My God will send forth his unfailing love and faithfulness. God will be there, will carry me through. And I like what he says, to God who will fulfill his purpose for me. So you cry, cry it out to God. God, I can't do it on my own. I need your help. And that's my prayer that you would that we would um, do is we would say, God, come to my help. I want to see your purpose in my life. I want to see your will done in my life. I want to see you burn in my heart. I want to remove the obstacle. I want to know that I'm called by you. And the beauty is that I can't do this alone. I can't fulfill my calling on my own. I need you. If I want to fulfill my calling, I need you. And if you want to fulfill your calling, you need others. This is why the church exists. Not for us just to do our own stuff, but for us to work together and to realize that this matters. Why does it matter? Because we're the bride of Christ, but also because we're called by God. I just want you to let it penetrate your heart this morning as we start this new year to say, God, yeah, I'm called. What do you want me to do, God? What is your plan for me? That we would take the time to, to stop and evaluate how we're living our lives and that we would take the time to stop and say, God, I'm open to your whisper. Give me the desire, the will, and the power for me to do your will. I think that's the greatest, for me, it's the greatest challenge for this new year. The greatest message is to know that I'm called with purpose, for purpose, and that God wants to come on us and through us to fulfill that purpose. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.